So, we've come to the last week of our series, Church Is. So let's start by reviewing where we've been, okay? You've had this kind of pop quiz every week, so let's see. This is the last week for it, so let's see if you remembered all of it. Tell me, what was the first week? Church is for everyone, for everyone. Chris got it this rehearsed in the first service, so listen to him. Second week, church is community, community. Third week, church is family. And then just last week, so you should remember this one well, church is healing, healing, absolutely. Church is for everyone, church is community, church is family, and church is healing. Now, I've really had a chance to reflect on how I would answer that question. What is church, right? I've had a chance for that because um, the last time I preached was over a month ago, and this is the longest break I've had between sermons in seven years. So I've had um, some, really, some really good time to reflect on that. And I, I come to this question from kind of a unique place. I'm a pastor's kid. My dad's a, my dad's a United Methodist pastor, too. You might ask why... I ask myself sometimes, why am I doing this? I've, I've already seen behind the curtain for what a pastor's life is and what this looks like. But my dad's a pastor, so I come to this from a unique kind of place. And as, as you know, at least you know if you've been a part of King Avenue since before June 27th, which is Becky's and my first day here, you know that um, uh, uh, United Methodist pastors and their families, we don't tend to stick around for a super long time. Now, King Avenue, y'all had uh, John Keeney as your senior pastor for 15 years, and that was wonderful. That was so good. It also was uh, just a little out of the ordinary. That's a longer tenure than most United Methodist pastors have at one church. So my dad's average tenure at, at somewhere was about seven to eight years, somewhere in between there. So I was born in Lima when, when dad was serving a church there. We moved to a church in Toledo when I was still a baby, somewhere there, and then we stayed there until after first grade. And after first grade, we moved all the way down to Hamilton, a suburb just north of Cincinnati, stayed there through elementary school and into middle school. After eighth grade, we moved to Circleville, so just south of Columbus here in central Ohio. That's where I went to high school, and the first three years of college, my family was there. And then after that, my, uh, we moved up to an appointment up in Findlay, Ohio, and that was the first year, that was when I started pastoring my first church, Alger First United Methodist Church. I was there for three years. Lauren and I got married when we were there. And then, uh, then we were appointed to Church of the Messiah in Westerville for a year. And then I was appointed Church of the Savior for, uh, for three years after that. And now I'm here. So what all of that means is that King Avenue you are the, the, the ninth church that I've been a part of in, in some way, either as the pastor's kid or as a college student in the congregation or as the pastor. Um, and as I reflect on this series, Church Is, um, I reflect on that and I reflect on my own experience. I land in several places, but I land for today I land on this. Church is the work of the people. Just like what Aaron was talking about. I love it when the children's message is right on with what I'm going to say. It's great. But each of the churches that I've been at, they, I've been a part of, either as pastor, as someone in the congregation, as the pastor's kid, um, they've all been unique and different, obviously, but the, the, one of the common threads in all of them is the, the commitment of the lay people, the non-pastor people, you all, their commitment, your commitment to your life together and doing what needs to be done to support and to create that life. In churches, uh, pastors, and, and in churches of this size, pastors and the staff 
we tend to get the top billing when you're talking about a church or when you say things, but really, all we, the best that we can ever hope to do is to support the community you all create through your work together. Because church is the work of the people. Alger First, my first church, I started there when I was 21 years old. I had no business being their pastor. Um, now, it was, it, was, it was in the United Methodist world. They're a small country church, pretty established, pretty kind of self-sustaining. I would have really had to mess up to do something with it. So with a church like that, the district superintendent there, he knew, well, you're over here on Highland Northern. Just, they're just five miles away. You're thinking about ministry, so let's just plug you in here. They just need someone to preach and do the sacraments and visit them when they're in the hospital. That's all you really need to do, and I could do that. Uh, so I go there. So that being there for those three years and, and kind of, um, kind of uh, making my first mistakes and all of that, re- that was the lesson that I've kind of carried through. That church is the work of the people because if it wasn't at Alger First, they would have fallen apart. I was not keeping anything together there. I mean, I think I did a few things, but I wasn't keeping anything together there. They, they, were, do- they were loving their community. They were doing amazing things, sometimes in spite of my, of my mistakes. Because church is the work of the people. Now, I come to that understanding through my experience, but there's also a quote from Rowan Williams, a former Archbishop of Canterbury, um, that kind of said it for me. I forget where he wrote this or where he said this, but the quote is, church is what happens when people encounter the risen Jesus and commit themselves to sustaining and deepening that encounter in their encounter with each other. Church is an encounter with Jesus and then a community of people who work to sustain and deepen that encounter by encountering each other. Church is the work of the people. And I think we can see that in some of that in our text today. Because in our story, we get this clear experience of Jesus when he feeds this huge crowd before him. We read that the crowd had seen the miraculous signs he had done among the sick, so they, they go and they follow him there. And Jesus fed them out in the wilderness, thousands and thousands and thousands of them. We read, it it says 5,000. The traditional translation has been 5,000 men. Um, We can assume that they brought their families along with them, so we can only imagine the thousands upon thousands of people that were there. So they see this huge sign, and the people see this, and some of them also see another possibility here. Because the region in which we find ourselves for this story is Judea. We think of it as, in biblical terms, this is, we call it Israel, not the modern political nation state, but the, we, in biblical terms, all right, this is Israel, this is the promised land. But in the New Testament, it's, it's not called that. This is the Judea. It's a specific territory in the Roman Empire. Um, they are occupied by the Roman army. They don't really have any meaningful local control. Um, they're, they're not free. That's the context of the whole New Testament. So as what normally happens under oppressive situations like this, if we just look throughout human history, there's just this revolutionary ferment just kind of simmering all over the country. And they see this wonder worker who has all of the crowds of mostly poor people following him. And some of them think, well, here's the guy who can throw the Romans out. Here's the one who can finally lead the rebellion to where we can finally have our own place, where this can be our land. And Jesus understands this. In many places, he's with the people. In many, but he sees this, and he sees they're going to try to force him to be the king, and Jesus knows that's not why he's there. So he leaves, he escapes on a mountain on his own, and frustrates 
any other vision they could have had. Now, the crowds and the disciples, they've experienced Jesus. They've had a profound encounter, to use Rowan Williams' language. They've had a profound encounter with this man. And how I read it, they want to keep that experience going. They want to stay in that encounter and put him up on the throne and stick here in this moment. But Jesus withdraws. Now, I think we sometimes fall prey to this same kind of thing that Jesus frustrates here. Because we hear this idea just kind of um, thrown around in a lot of places that if we just encounter Jesus enough, meaning if we just pray enough, if we just focus on the scripture enough, if we just come to church often enough, if we just have a deep enough spiritual experience, if we just put Jesus up on the throne, everything will be all right. We'll just stay here and everything will be fine. That's what we hear in a lot of worship songs. If, we, if you turn on um, any Christian radio station, I really don't listen to much of them, but if you turn on any of them, that's what you hear in so many of their songs. Anything that Hillsong or Elevation Worship or Jesus Culture, all these other bands have written, that's what they, they all write about. One of, Jesus, one of uh, this band, Jesus Culture, one of, one of their songs from, I don't know, a few years ago, it's been stuck in, it just keeps getting stuck in my head. Um, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your presence, God, is what our hearts desire. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Now, that gets stuck in my head, so I wanted to get it stuck in your head because it's not... It's not that good of a song, but it gets there. <laughs> and the, the lyrics there, it's not that there's anything wrong with them. They're just kind of whatever lyrics. They're, there's not that there's anything wrong with them, but it speaks to this desire that we all have, this desperate search for a profound experience. Nothing wrong with that search, but this profound experience, and then prolonging that experience and just sticking in that singular moment with Jesus and not going anywhere else. And I think we've all had moments like this. Maybe they were explicitly spiritual moments, this profound spiritual experience. Nothing wrong with having that. Or maybe they were just these moments when, we've, when everything is right with the world. Maybe we could say Jesus or the Spirit or however we call it worked everything out for our good, however we want to label it. But we, we, there are these moments that we come upon where we have an encounter and we just want to stretch out and bask in that moment. But Jesus' withdrawing shows that he's not about that. He calls his followers to something more than that. He leaves everyone behind, cuts that experience short. And I hear again that, that quote from Rowan Williams, those two elements he lays out. Church is what happens when people encounter the risen Jesus. And then they commit themselves to sustaining and deepening that encounter in their encounter with each other. So what I hear is that church is not solely the work of Jesus. It's not, about in, it's not just about encountering Jesus enough. It's also and equally the work of the people. The work of Jesus and the work of the people. It has to be both of them or 
That's not church. It's a, it's a profound spiritual experience. Um, if you're just over, it's a profound spiritual experience, and that's good. It's not church. Or it's just a community, and that's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's not church. And I love how William starts that quote. Church is what happens. Now, we know enough from the last year and a half, we know enough to know church is not the building church is the people. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't just stay inside these walls. We've heard that over and over and over again for the past year and a half because that's how we've had to frame our experience in this pandemic. And that's very, very true. But church is what happens. It's not just this entity that exists for all time. Church is what happens. And I hear an intriguing possibility here that church is the work of the people. It, it is something that we co-create with God each and every day. And what we focused on each week of this series, I think it all points to this. Church is for everyone. Church is community. Church is family. Church is healing. All of that calls for our participation. Jesus begins the work. Jesus continues the work, but calls for us to participate in this reality. And historically, if we just read through the stories preserved in our scriptures, this is how God works, with and through humans. Now, theoretically, we could theorize and, and speculate that, okay, God can make things happen just all on God's own. However, however much good that speculation can do, it, we could imagine that, but that's not how God has in history worked. With and through humans, that's how God does things. The children of God in our many, many manifestations around the world throughout history have always been drawn together through the work of the people, working with God to co-create something new. And yes, we've made many mistakes along the way. We've hurt and we've harmed and we've damaged. We've taken big detours. We've turned back many times. But God remains committed to working with us and empowering us to participate in creating something new. Church is the work of the people. It is something we co-create with God each and every day. We get the privilege of working with God to start something new. So how can we be about this work? I think the past weeks of this series give us a framework for this calling. So we're going to review again, more slowly this time. But what was the first week? Church is for everyone, for everyone. And I know that it speaks to Becky's in my heart, but I know it speaks to your heart as King Avenue. Because this, this is the inclusive community that you've been creating for years now. And this inclusive community that we are, we still have a calling to include more. Right to go further. I don't know if we'll ever arrive at a place where we can say we've included everyone. We don't have to worry about this anymore. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever arrive there. Right. So if that's the kind of church that we want to co-create with God, a place that truly is for everyone, maybe we can ask, as far as our participation in this goes, maybe we can ask, who is not here? Who is not included? And what can we do? What can I do? What can we do to take the next step toward truly being for everyone? 
What was the second week? Church is community. Community. And again, this is something y'all are very familiar with. Following Jesus in a community, in a life together. But maybe again, as we think about our participation, our co-creation with God, maybe we can think, what's one thing I can do to invest in this community just a little bit more? You know, what's the next step I can take to do my part in building up this community, in co-creating this community? And what was the third week? Church is family, family. And that's something we can all get behind, following Jesus, not just in community, but in a spiritual family. But maybe, uh, like often happens in biological families, maybe we're a little bit estranged from members of, of this spiritual family, so maybe if it's safe for us, we can take a, a, a step, follow the Spirit and take a step toward reconciliation, if that's what it calls for. Or maybe we just don't know a bunch of members of this spiritual family. If, you, if you're a part of a huge family and you, know, you go to one of the extended families, um, oh, oh, family reunions, right? And there are 200 people running around the, a shelter house in a park and you know five of them, right? If that, maybe that's where, maybe that's where, it, so maybe we just don't know a bunch of members of this family. That's why we've been using uh, the name tags the last couple weeks, not just for Becky and I, we appreciate it, not just for Becky and I. It's because um, in a church about this size, you get with your people, that's fine, but we look around and we realize, well, we want to co- co-create this kind of community. We want to co-create this community where we are a spiritual family, but I don't know a lot of the people with me here in this family. So maybe, that, maybe our participation in this is just getting to know who else is in this family. And what did we talk about just last week? Church is healing, healing. I'm sure many of us have experienced this. Maybe you have a specific story about when you experienced healing in the church. And maybe the Spirit is calling us to participate in this church's ministry as we co-create something new. Maybe the Spirit's calling us to, to extend, to doing what we can to extend the healing ministry of this church to someone else in this community, in this spiritual family, and then extending it out, the healing of this church, out to the community around King Avenue's building, and the communities we each go back to when we go home. Church is the work of the people. All of the announcements that we, give, that we have each week are opportunities for us to be about that work. Opportunities for each one of us to participate in the life of the church. Opportunities to co-create church with God and with each other each week. I think that's the calling that's laid before us each and every day. Each and every day when we get up. How can we be about this work and co-create something new with God every day? Pray with me. God, we give you thanks for this, for this church, which is for everyone, which is community, which is family, which is healing. We give you thanks for that. And we give you thanks for the work you lay out before us. We pray mm, for eyes that would see your calling, for hearts that would discern the work you have for us. 
for minds that would sense and hearts that would feel and bodies that would do and participate in the work of the people to co-create something new with you, God, knowing that your spirit has already been working, that we are already the body of Christ just as we are now, and you just call us to participate in that work. We thank you for that privilege, and we pray for the strength and the guidance to be about that work. It's in your name we pray, and we all said together, Amen. Amen.